Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review of round 26. We only have one more round to go this season. It has been unbelievable how quickly it has all gone. And what a round of footy we had. We obviously kicked off on Thursday night with the Parramatta Eels. What an upset. 32 points to 18. Mike Sivo scoring four tries. Clint Gutherson crossing for a double, getting injured as well. And, of course, that brings the curtain down on Parramatta's season. And, look, this performance was fantastic, especially without Mitch Moses at Penrith. I mean, the more you think about this win, the more impressive it is. And if I'm being completely honest with you, probably the more frustrating it is that this is how it played out for the Parramatta Eels because obviously there is so much ability in this side. They showed it last year. They went all the way to the grand final and whilst things didn't go exactly to plan this year, I mean, you know, they lost Isaiah Papali'i. That really hurt, obviously. They lost Reid Marnie. That hurt. They, you know, they pulled Jermaine Hopgood out of nowhere. They got the very best out of Bryce Cartwright. I mean, there were still a lot of positives here that would make you think that, fuck, this team wouldn't go from grand finalists to falling out of the eight completely. Uh, For me... I will always look back at the start of this season and think about how much it cost the Parramatta Eels. Uh, I think in their first five games, I'll just get up exactly how their first five games played out, but I think they might have won one of those games, and they were very tight games. So if they would have just put together a couple more wins, you go back to the start of the season, they lost by four points to the Melbourne Storm, and they lost that late. That could have even been in Golden Point. It was in Golden Point. Harry Grant scored late in that game to win that one. They then lost in round two, a high-scoring game to the Cronulla Sharks, 30 points to 26. They then lost in round three, 34 points to 30 against the Manly Seagulls. Uh, and then they won in round four. They had their first win of the season, funnily enough, over the Penrith Panthers, 17 points to 16. And then in round five, they lost by eight points to the Sydney Roosters. So one from five in their first few games. I mean, if they would have just won one or two of, of those, which they are well and truly in it. And from memory, I can't remember the exact details. You guys, can, you Parramatta fans will know more. But round one was a game that I thought they should have won. I remember thinking at the back end of that game, how the fuck have Melbourne won this? Parramatta have let them out. You've got to also remember that in those first four weeks, they had injuries. 
They also had Ryan Madison out for the first four weeks. I think it was Sean Lane was out and Ryan Madison compounded that. So far from ideal. But yeah, look, this season for Parramatta, um, it has been pretty disappointing as a whole. I think that's fair to say. There's obviously all other things that went on, including, you know, Mitch Moses injury late, Dill Brown, uh, the Josh Hodgson saga. There was, there was a lot of things they had to get used to, a lot of changes they had to go through. Uh, and unfortunately for Parramatta, they will not play finals footy this year. It looks like the best place that they can finish is, what is it, 11th? Oh, they could finish as high as 9, actually. Um, yeah, wow. Probably more so 10 or 11. But, yeah, very disappointing finish for the Parramatta Eels. They will have a bye next week. Uh, but if we focus on this game, it was very impressive. I thought Dill Brown uh, was really good in this game. I thought he did a number of good things, as he always does. He was on fire. Mike Acevo, obviously, four tries. Very impressive. Gutho was great. I thought Bryce Cartwright did the damn thing again. Very good. Jermaine Hopgood, little funny moment with Sonny Luke and Hopgood. Obviously, former teammates last year. Had a little bit of a giggle at that. But, uh, yeah, look, a good all-round performance by the Parramatta Eels, but there's a bittersweet way to finish this season. To think that they couldn't make the top eight, yet they're able to go to Penrith and beat Penrith. Uh, and not only beat Penrith, but beat them for the second time this year. Pretty fucking incredible. But I imagine for you Parramatta fans, it must be so disappointing. Uh, I was obviously lucky enough to be at Bank West a couple of times throughout this year. Uh, sorry, lucky enough to be at Combank uh, a couple of times this year. Watched them put the absolute sword through Newcastle. They gave it to them. Watched them absolutely give it to the Manly Seagulls. They had some great footy in them this year, Parramatta. But it's just that start that ended up really costing them. If they would have got one or two of those wins early, which I think some of them they deserve to win. They just sort of let the other team out of a corner. Uh, yeah, it could have been such a different story. And all of a sudden, this Parramatta side, you know, they're beating Penrith at home. They're a team you don't want to come up against because we know what they're capable of. They've got a good forward back. They've got strong backs. Yes, they're missing the halfback, but they've got Dill Brown, who's stepped in and done a tremendous job. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's another season where we look at Parramatta and go, geez, what could have been? Uh, so, yeah, very disappointing for Parramatta, but a fantastic win there. For the Panthers, uh, pretty bang average performance, let's be honest here. Uh, yeah, I, this is a game I expected them to win and win well. Parramatta opened at about $7 in this game, so they were at long odds. Uh, I thought Nath Cleary's last 20 minutes was tremendous. He, he, he really tried to bring Penrith back into this game. Um, Tom Jenkins, he played really well as well, a young guy that I've got high, high hopes for. Another guy that uh, made his debut in this game was Jesse McLean. It wasn't his greatest game. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. I was expecting a little bit more from Jesse, uh, but this was a team that was a little bit out of sorts. Penrith Panthers, he will bounce back and he'll be bigger and better for it. Interesting to see what the Panthers do now. We sort of spoke about this the other day. Um, I personally think they will play their full strength side next week. It sort of has been confirmed since I spoke about it the other day, but I just think it makes sense. They would be filthy uh, with their performance over the last month. I, I mean, even though the the three games before this, I think they won. They haven't played well, and they've been well below the standard that the Penrith Panthers have set for themselves over the last couple of years. So I'm expecting them to come out and make a statement this week against the North Queensland Cowboys. All right, let's move to Friday afternoon footy. The New Zealand Warriors, 18-6 over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, look, the Warriors did what they had to do. It wasn't their best performance, and look, I know that Waz fans will get upset with this because uh, a, a lot of you tend to, unfortunately. I shouldn't say a lot of you. A small, loud minority tend to whenever you say something negative about the Warriors. But I am a little bit worried about them. I really am. When you look at their performances over the last few weeks, it, they haven't been anywhere near their best. They beat, you know, a Titan side with 12. They've sort of they just – they haven't been overly impressive the last few weeks, the Warriors. I am starting to get a little bit worried – 
about how they're going to go come finals time. Now, they will have a top four finish. That is all but locked in. They will either play Brisbane or Penrith week one. If they were to lose that, which at the moment I would have to tip that they will, uh, that means that they will have to go back to New Zealand and play a home game over there, which I would tip them to win over there. But you have a look over the last few weeks. They won 28 points to 18 over 12 players against the Titans. They beat the Tigers narrowly by eight points. They beat the Manly Seagulls, who, you know, their season done and dusted, beat them narrowly by nine points, and then beat the Dragons the other night by just 12 points. And I understand there's been injuries here and there and whatnot, but I don't know, this Warriors side, they're just not looking quite as potent as what I would have hoped. And hopefully this weekend against the Dolphins, they can put in a good performance leading into finals. And look, maybe this is, you know, perfect for finals, that they're not smashing teams. That was sort of my fear at one point, that they would come in smashing teams. It has been closer. But I just I, the, the Warriors haven't quite been themselves. They're now starting to get everyone back full strength. Tamari Martin will return next week as well, which is super exciting. Uh, very unfortunate for Luke Metcalf, but I do think as much as I love Metcalf, I've said it a few times that I ha- I would have brought in Tamari Martin. I would have brought him back in. And I think it's a good decision by the Warriors, even though that decision has been taken out of their hands. I do think that Tamari Martin will definitely help this side. I think Luke Metcalf has done well. But I think Tomato Martin can get a little bit more out of that left edge. So yeah, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Warriors heading into the finals. And you know what? Am I am I worried about them against the you know five teams below them? No. But am I worried about them compared to the Panthers and the Broncos? I am a little bit, to be honest with you. I know the Panthers aren't playing great footy either, but the Panthers have shown over the last few years they get to finals and they can flip a switch. I'm just not sure if the Warriors have got that in them at the moment, but we won't know until we get to finals, obviously. So we have to give full credit to the Warriors. Another win here. It wasn't the prettiest in the world, but they managed to get it done and they move on. I would say against the Dolphins this week... If they aren't resting players, I think guys will play limited minutes, and I think they need to. I think they need to come in as fresh as they possibly can uh, for an away game in either Brisbane or Penrith. That's going to be very, very tough. And then if they do lose that, then they're playing sudden death footy in New Zealand. But they've got a really good opportunity, especially if you get the Panthers. They're not in the greatest form right now. Jerome Luai probably won't be there. Mitch Kenny might not be there. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it is an opportunity just to have a free throw at the stumps. You got the coach who has coached against Penrith a lot, coached Penrith the last few years. He understands their systems. I think the Broncos. You can catch them out as well. So I'm not ruling the Warriors out by any means, but their performances over the last few weeks haven't been as convincing as what I would have liked. I think the Broncos have been more impressive over the last few weeks. I think the Newcastle Knights in particular have been more impressive. Over the last few weeks and you know whilst they haven't been perfect I'm starting to look at the Melbourne Storm as well and not that I think that those two can beat the top two teams either but I'm just uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors go come finals time I'm very, they're a keen that I, they're a team that I am so keen to watch closely uh, but look they got the job done here Adam Pompey scoring the first try brilliant little ball there to cross Charnsingle clock start scored later and then they didn't score again until the 75th minute when Adam Fanua Blake popped over and um, you know any arguments about him you know, I personally think right now he's one of the best front rowers in the world, if not the best front rower in the world. He is killing it at the moment, AFB, having a fantastic season, scoring tries for fun, what feels like every single week. I thought Chan Sickle Clockstart was fantastic as well. He had a very good game. Torhu Harris went about his work as he always does. You would have noticed he scored tries the last three weeks in Supercoach when I didn't play him. Played him this week, and of course, fucking shocked me, didn't score a try. Cheers, Torhu. Um, I thought Josh Curran was really good when he came in as well. He obviously played on that edge there. Uh, I really like Josh Curran. I I think he's being really 
not poorly underutilized, but I just think he's being underutilized uh, at the New Zealand Warriors. I think he's got a lot to offer. I thought Jackson Ford, when he got on the field, he was fantastic. Go and have a look at the work Jackson Ford got through in about a 50-minute period. He went maniac uh, the other night. For the Dragons, Blake Laurie, wow. We've sort of been waiting a couple of years for this guy to step up to that next level, and he certainly has this season. He's been so impressive, Blake Laurie. He has... um, He's probably gone beyond a level that I thought he'd be able to as well. I always thought he was decent, but I didn't think he'd be as good as what he is now. Dan Russell, another very, very solid performance. I like this guy. I think he's got a future at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, Outside of that, not a heap to touch on with the Dragons, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Benny Hunt. Pretty quiet in this game by his standards. They had the two-hooker rotation once again. Tyrell Sloan didn't really do too much. Uh, not a stack to talk about with the St. George Illawarra Dragons in this one. The Warriors, they come home with an ugly win, but at the moment, um, you know, a win locks them in for a top-four spot for finals. So hopefully, and this is the other thing with teams, like at the moment, I'm not overly, impre- overly impressed with the Warriors and their performances at the moment, but... Maybe this is all part of what they're doing. They are tapering for the back end of the season. There might be a drop-off with their training load and whatnot. Uh, there's a lot of things that teams can be doing at this point of the year that could be reasons or excuse certain performances. So you judge teams off what they do come finals. And the Warriors, they're a team that next week, doesn't really matter. They know that they're going to be finishing third or fourth. They know that they're going to have two bites of the cherry. Uh, so they get to prepare for that. So, yeah, the Warriors lock in a top four finish, which is super exciting for the Wars. Uh, the late game on Friday night, the North Queensland Cowboys, 34 points to 10 over the Dolphins. I want to give the Dolphins a little shout-out. First of all, I remember it in the preseason uh, when the Dolphins revealed their jersey. Maybe it was late last year, and everyone bagged the shit out of it. It's funny, when a team is relatively successful or they impress you how cool their jerseys are all of a sudden and I thought the Dolphins the jersey wore on me so quickly I thought it was the ugliest thing in the world when I first saw it but I'll tell you what when they ran out the other night with that black strip which I believe will be their home jersey next year that is an absolute cracker now it might not help with on-field performance or whatnot but just a shout out to the Dolphins because I thought that black strip was unreal and I'm very very keen to see the Dolphins run around in it next year Uh, let's have a look at the actual performance though for me it was just the Cowboys all day Uh, the Dolphins they, they created a lot of opportunities throughout the game. The Cowboys' scramble and everything was very good. The Dolphins did not end up scoring until about the 60th minute or so. Jermaine Asako crossed for a double there, just individual brilliance like he always does. Um, there was a try. We actually uh, we mentioned it in a podcast earlier today where we went through the top 10 plays of the week by NRL.com, gave our live reaction. Really good podcast. I advise you guys go and have a listen to it. Uh, but Jermaine Asako, he almost crossed again. And Tommy did. And what about the tackle he came up with? Very, very impressive. I thought Zach Labart was good in this one. Scored two tries. He was everywhere. I think he's a kid with a big future. And I think we really are scratching the surface of what he's capable of doing. I think he'll be one of those guys that when he gets to game 40 or 50 of his career, I think he'll make a big jump. And I'm not telling you he'll be like an international center or representative center, but I do think he'll be a very handy first-grade center. Um, Kyle Felt got a couple of opportunities in this game. Got a few uh, that were taken off him as well. A few times where his teammates could have probably passed to him. Um, Look, respectfully to the Dolphins, 34-10 the way of the Cowboys. I probably thought the Cowboys on their best day could have etched this into like a 60-point victory. I I thought they were creating a lot lot of opportunities. Probably just weren't converting them. Um, There was a ball that we spoke about. Scott Drinkwater scored off a Tom Dearden pass to Murray Tulangi. It was an absolute cracker. I thought potentially the pass infield was forward. There was another one that Scott Drinkwater dropped with an open trial line as well. So as I said, 
Look, the Cowboys, a good win. Uh, what is it, a 24-point victory? I, I personally thought if everything went right for the Cowboys and they converted all the opportunities they created, this could have quite easily been a you know 44-point victory instead of a uh, 24 point victory uh, for the Finns as I said Isako did a number of good things scored some tries late uh, Hamiso he was popping up everywhere once again he is he is just a new footballer in isn't he He's so confident so good to watch one of my highlights of the year though has been the development of Connolly Lemuelu he was great in this game as well. Just went hard at it. Got a nice little offload in him. But to move from center to back row, turn into an 80-minute back row at a new franchise, and Wayne Bennett trust you enough to move Kenny Bromwich to 13 to cover other spots, ultimate compliment. And, you know, for Wayne Bennett to go, okay, I can trust Lemuelu there. I'm going to move you and Aitken out to the centers. Uh, says a lot about this guy and how far he's come. So shout out to him. It's been an absolute pleasure to watch his year unfold. Same as Cody Nicarima threw some fantastic passes. Had a few drop balls here and there off some average balls that were given to him, uh, but I thought as a whole, Cody Nicarima had a pretty good game too and came up with plenty. Uh, before we move off the Cowboys too, shout out to Ruben Cotter, uh, the amount of work he got through and there was a, there was a try-saving tackle he made late in the game as well, or at least it would have turned into a line break or something, uh, but Ruben Cotter, he is just all effort and uh, we love everything about this guy as you all know. So a good win for the Cowboys, keep their season alive. They have to go to Blue Bet next week against what I think is going to be you know, Penrith Panthers and their best side that is available to pick this weekend. Uh, so, big test for the Cows there. All right, Super Saturday. We had the Melbourne Storm, 37 over the Gold Coast Titans, 16. Uh, Xavier Coates scoring three tries. He was everywhere down that left edge. And the man inside him had a pretty handy game as well, Cam Munster. Uh, but, I mean, the big headline here was the return of Ryan Pappenhausen. We spoke about it earlier today on the Top 10 podcast. Uh, but just so good to see him. Such a fantastic story. And as I said there, I'll say it again, I think that social media has been such a good thing throughout this entire Ryan Pappenhausen saga. To see behind the scenes and see all the positive and to see all the people that came out with signs. I've waited 400 days for this and whatnot. Matty Q, if you're listening, mate, I saw the young blokes posts and everything. Fantastic to see. Sally, I saw yours as well. So just a, just a fantastic community down there. And you can tell how ingrained Ryan Pappenhausen is in that community and that club. And people just love and adore him. I mean, you could see the impact on the Host Plus Cup when he was up there playing for the Falcons and whatnot. Just fantastic to see. So shout out to him for returning. Eli Katoa had a good game, scored a try. Uh, off a kick, I believe it was. Harry Grant, solid as well. Jerome Hughes got injured in this game. We wish Hughesy all the very best, and hopefully he is fit and available for finals. I think we're still waiting on scans on Jerome Hughes, but uh, that would be a huge dagger if he was out of this Melbourne Storm side come finals time. That would be a huge kick in the dick for them. So I really, really sincerely hope uh, that he is sweet because that is a loss that... I'm not sure if the Melbourne Storm could recover from. I do think they need everyone on deck moving forward now. I thought Christian Walsh was really good as well. Scored a nice little try and just got through a lot of work through the middle. For the Titans, Brian Kelly. Fuck, I love this guy. I know he's got some defensive issues and he's a little bit inconsistent, but Christ, when he's on, he can just carve up the best teams in the competition. Chrissy Randall, what a signing he has been. We speak about him every single week. He is an absolute goer. Uh, we look back to about two months ago when we brought him into our Supercoach side and we are praising him and complimenting him. Sam Verrills came back and we thought, ah, we probably don't need Chris Randall. I look at my game now and go, fuck, if I just would have held Chris Randall all this time, 
I would have won my draft game and I would have been going into a grand final this week. So Chris Randall, shout out to him, a fantastic season. I thought AJ Brimson was really good. I'll seriously consider bringing him into my Supercoach side this week. Uh, he is just electric, AJ Brimson. Tino, my God, the work this guy gets through is tremendous. He is such a fantastic leader and such a good signing uh, for this club for the future. I, I am so excited to watch his future play out. Obviously going up against his former club here, the club that he won a premiership with in 2020. Um, now the captain of the Gold Coast Titans and will be for a long time to come. Great to see. Cleese Haas did some really good things as well. A guy that, you know what, four games ago I sort of thought, geez, is he really Payne's brother? Like, respectfully, is he Payne's brother? There was a game a few weeks ago, I think he had one run for four metres, and that was it the entire game. Over the last few weeks, it feels like ever since he scored that try against the Panthers, he's just gone to a new level. It's like he's found his confidence, and he's going to be a real handful in the future. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, they are well known for a long time for taking away your best strike weapon, and they certainly did a number on Dave Fafita. That's probably the quietest I've seen him this year, to be honest, when he's played at 80 minutes. Uh, the Melbourne Storm really did a number on him. Um, and Jermaine Jolliffe, another one of my guys. I, I love this fella. You've obviously got your Mofoda Wakers, your Tinos, you know, all these state of origin caliber front row forwards up there. But Jermaine Jolliffe, he's never going to be part of that big three forward pack. Uh, but geez, he's an important guy to them. And I think he should be playing more minutes than what he does throughout the year. But they have got a pretty stacked side, so I can understand it. But geez, I reckon he'd be a good signing for another club out there. Uh, so the Melbourne Storm, 37 points to 16. Cameron Munster having a bit of field goal practice towards the back end of the game. And Ryan Pappenhausen returning. Great story. All right, let's move to the second game. Super Saturday, the Sydney Roosters, 32 points to eight. Um, not a heap to touch on here, to be honest with you. I never... I sort of felt like the Roosters were in control of this game for the vast majority of it. Obviously, Sam Walker came in. I thought he played really well. I probably wouldn't have dropped Drew Hutchinson, to be honest with you. I thought that was pretty harsh. But Sam Walker scored a try, had a very good game. There's no doubt in that. I thought Luke Keary was good once again. I've been critical of him the last few weeks. He's been very good for them. Brandon Smith, another one I've been critical of. He was good at a dummy half as well. Made some very good meters, some very good inroads. Uh, but Sue Lee, probably the star here for the Sydney Roosters. Uh, starting to see what all the hype was about and all that sort of thing. And I think he's uh, I think he shut up a number of people. Obviously, Joey Manu got injured in this game, which was a huge loss for the Sydney Roosters. That one really stung. But Sue Lee moved to fullback and... You know what, is he the most orthodox fullback of all time? Probably not. But I thought he did really well. I thought he looked really strong back there. So positive signs. I don't know. I don't think Suwali is going to be here next year at the Roosters. I think he'll probably move on. We'll see how all that plays out. Uh, but he will be a loss. And hopefully Joey Manu is available for the Sydney Roosters next week. Uh, Billy Smith, he also went off injured late in this game. So we wish Billy all the very best. But probably one of the big talking points, JWH. Uh, obviously got Simmons in this game, and he since has been suspended for six games. So even if the Roosters were to go all the way to a grand final, which I think is very, very unlikely regardless, obviously, uh, JWH, he has played his last footy for this year. So disappointing for the Chooks there. Uh, but yeah, look, a game that I never really felt like the Roosters weren't in control of. Um, 
Yeah, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I mean, the Tigers scored first through rugby convert. Tristan Riley came over from Ramwick Rugby, who I believe won the shoot shield the other day. So shout out to the Wicks. A great victory there. But, I mean, from the moment Sam Walker scored in the 14th minute or so, I just felt like it was over. Terrell May scored a good try as well. He's sort of starting to come into his own um, over the last couple of weeks. He'll be – I think he's going to be pretty important for the Roosters moving forward in the future. Obviously, you got Fletcher Baker leaving the club next year. So Terrell May, I think he'll be a regular in the 17 moving forward next season. Uh, for the West Tigers, look, obviously, uh, Tristan Riley, who we spoke about, scored the first try. Shout out to him. Uh, Johnny Bateman got through a lot of work. 39-odd tackles would have ran for, you know, 100-odd metres, whatever it was. I'll just get his stats up now. 40-odd tackles for Johnny Bateman, ran for 111 metres. He was solid. David Clemmer, over 100 metres as well. Asukapoa, the guy we talk about every single week, really like this guy, eh? 17 runs, 143 run metres, 41 post-contact. He had a line break assist in a team that's really battling Jeez, he does a number of good things. I personally think he's more of a back rower than he is a center, uh, but we'll see where it all lands with him. I thought Will Smith came in and controlled the side reasonably well. Dane Laurie did a couple of good things. Uh, but yeah, look, I never really felt like the Tigers were in this one. Even when they were up, I felt like the Roosters were going to run them down. And uh, they certainly did. Bit of fire in this one, obviously. As we said, JWH missing a couple of weeks. The other one I thought was good for the West Tigers was Stefano as well. Probably hasn't hit the heights that we thought he would have by this point in his career, but I thought he was solid in this game. All right, let's move to the last game of Super Saturday. The Brisbane Broncos, 29 over the Canberra Raiders, 18. I'll be honest with you. I thought this was a good win by the Broncos. Was it the most polished performance? No, it wasn't. Was it perfect? No. But you've got to remember, they were without Adam Reynolds and they were without Pat Carrigan. Now, the longer this season goes, Reese Walsh is an absolute gun. Payne Haas is an absolute weapon. But the longer this season goes, the more I'm starting to think that, you know what, Pat Carrigan, I think he is the most important player in this team. And I don't think Adam Reynolds is all that far behind. Without these two, they did lose a lot of direction. There is no doubt about that. They just had enough talent to be able to counter it. Uh, that right edge was on fire. Selwyn Cobo, Katoni Staggs, and Reese Walsh. Between them on that right edge, I think they scored four, maybe five tries. Selwyn scored three. Katoni crossed right, and Reese Walsh crossed in that corner as well. So five tries down that edge, the left edge for the Canberra Raiders that was in all sorts. The Broncos, they can score points out of nowhere. They can create things out of nowhere. They're going to come into this final series with a lot of confidence. Just need to get all their guys on the park. It'll be interesting to see um, whether they choose to rest guys next week, what they do. They had a bye two weeks ago, so maybe they don't need to. Uh, But obviously, I don't think Adam Reynolds will be there. Do you bother playing Pat Carrigan if he's not 100%? I'd rest him. Katoni Staggs, he's got a one-game suspension, so he won't feature in this one. I thought what Katoni Staggs did was really dumb, by the way. Um, I, I don't know how he expected that to play out any other way. Personally, I think he was lucky to stay on the field. I'm glad he did. I had him in my draft team. Not that it mattered anyway. Uh, but I thought that was really dumb by Katoni. He started off with a lot of errors and a lot of mistakes. I think he got a little bit frustrated. Ruffin had got under his skin a little bit there. So come finals time, Gatoni's got to clean that sort of stuff up. Selwyn Cobo, three tries. He was tremendous. He is such a talented kid, Selwyn. It is unbelievable. And I personally thought he could have scored more in this game as well. Reese Walsh, brilliant as always. He's having a fantastic season. I don't know where he's at as far as M medal and all that sort of stuff. But you would have to think... Uh, he'd be right up there and then finish with a field goal late to wrap this one up. Uh, for the Canberra Raiders, big news, Corey Horsburgh. 
Looks like he's going to miss three weeks. I believe Jamal Fogarty could be injured and maybe Jordan Ruppiner in trouble as well, something along those lines. Um, not a great night out for the Canberra Raiders. And then Ricky Stewart went into the press conference after and lost his mind. Um, I love Ricky Stewart. I'm a huge fan of Ricky Stewart. I'm a huge fan of anyone that's as passionate as him. Uh, but I, I just thought that did not come across well the other day. I get he's frustrated. I get it. But, I mean, I'm sorry, mate. Your team... Your team is known for underperforming, like trying to blame it on the referees. Fucking miss me with it. I got very, very little time with it. Are the referees perfect? No. But you've got to take care of what's in your own backyard first. And I feel like Ricky Stewart and his team haven't done that. So, I don't know. Just, just the way he carried on the other night, I didn't think it was needed. Swearing at the camera and everything, just uncalled for. You just, I'm sorry, mate. If you're going to come and stand down on the sideline with your team, Guess what? Cameras are going to be on you. Yeah, that's the reality of it. It's the entertainment business. I don't know. I, I just thought it was a bit over the top personally. And I've defended Ricky on a number of occasions. I love his passion, but I think it was just directed uh, in the wrong way uh, in that game and in the press conference as well. I just don't think it's really what we want in our game. If the Canberra Raiders were doing everything perfectly for the entire season and then calls went against them and it cost them games, still not sweet, but I can understand your frustration. The Raiders have got a lot of things to sort out before they start worrying about how referees are impacting them, in my opinion. Um, frustrating for the Raiders, though. Uh, obviously, they've got that terrible for and against, and they're slowly slipping down that ladder. They find themselves in seventh place now. Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, if they beat the Roosters this week, uh, that will put them in front of the Raiders if the Raiders lose to the Sharkies as well. And if the Cowboys win... Uh, against the Panthers, that would pull the Raiders out of the uh, top eight altogether. But if they win the Sharkies, they, if they win against the Sharkies, the Raiders, uh, they will lock them in for a. They will lock themselves in for not only a final spot, uh, but a home final as well. So a big game next week against the Sharkies. Every chance if they beat the Sharkies, they actually play the Sharkies again next week. So really, really interesting there. But the Raiders, uh, they're going to be without Corey Horsburgh, Jamal Fogarty. <sighs> A lot of water to go under this bridge, bridge still, but that was a pretty disappointing performance by them against the Brisbane Broncos there. The middle the middlemen, Corey Horsburgh, Joe Tapanay, they got through a lot of work as always. Uh, I thought Elliot Whitehead was fantastic, came up with a number of creative stats and whatnot. Jack White was solid, sort of playing out of position a little bit there, obviously. Uh, I thought he handled himself well. Um, Jordan Rapinoe, he's got, just got these moments in him, doesn't he? And just such a crucial moment in your season. Uh, to get done for tripping like that. And it's not Jordan's first brain explosion like this. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's just not good enough, realistically. I thought Frawley was solid as well. Jeez, I love Frawley as a player. Good little kicking game. And he's just, he's very much so like Timmy's brother, Sam Williams. Just got a lot between the ears. And he's just a smart footballer. So I think he's very underrated. I thought Hudson Young did a number of good things as well. And Nick Kotrick. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him sort of return to form and play some good footy. It's been a... Uh, it's just been a weird career for Nick, Trock, Nick Kotrick. It wasn't that long ago he was on the wing for the Kangaroos, doing great things with this huge future in front of him. Went to the Canterbury Bulldogs, didn't quite play out, ended up dead back in Canberra and still hasn't played out. So, uh, yeah, an interesting career that's playing out there. Uh, but, yeah, good win by the Broncos. 29 points to 18. Did what they had to do. Uh, winning that one by 11 points. They move on to the next. Uh, let's have a look at Sunday afternoon footy. The Manly Seagulls, 42 over the Canterbury Bulldogs, 24. Um, 
I enjoyed this game. It might not have been the highest quality football of all time, but Christ, I enjoyed it. And uh, a couple of the genuine stars that I enjoyed watching. And to be fair, I obviously traded DC and Kohler into my Supercoach side, so I obviously enjoyed watching them play their footy. But I thought Canterbury started pretty well. Corey Weddell crossed for the first try. Jason Saab followed soon after. Some good little ball playing uh, from DCE and Kohler there. Um, and then it was all Manly for a period of time. Manly started to get on top, but... You know, like the Bulldogs, they were always sort of within striking distance, even towards the back end of the game. It did get away from them eventually, but I don't think it was the worst. I mean, it wasn't a great performance by Canterbury, but, you know, still conceded 42 points. Not ideal. I just, the direction Canterbury's heading in, I just, I don't know. I'm getting more and more nervous. And without taking the piss out of Kempe, you know, about being patient Doggies fans, I don't know. I'm just looking at this side and how they're playing, and I'm just... I'm worried that they're not preparing for the future again. Stephen Crichton's going to come into this side. He'll jump in at fullback. Bronson Zerio coming to this side. Good signings. I like them all. But I just feel like this doggy side, they still just have no underbelly. Uh, and that is my big, big worry. And I thought, you know, the start of the year, Willie Mason's there. Rennie Matua's there. Sonny Bill Williams is there. Cam Serraldo's arrived. All these guys... Still just no underbelly. They still just roll over as soon as it gets tough, realistically. So hopefully Canterbury can turn that around, but I am I am really nervous. I'm starting to get worried about it. Uh, Jake Avrillo, he obviously scored a try. We spoke about that in the top 10 today. He's going to leave as well. They're going to really miss him. And then the the uh, some of the ball players, Flano and Toby Sexton, scored tries late as well. Good to see Lukey Thompson back running around again. I know he's been back for a few weeks, uh, but it's just a good story to see this guy back. Um, Reid Marnie got through a heap of work. Max King got through work. But yeah, not too many bright spots to talk about with Canterbury. I just like Jay Nockenbaugh still on the side. He's he's going to England. Why not give someone else another young guy an opportunity? I thought Hayes Perham did some good things with the ball in hand as he always does. Uh, just not really as complete as what we'd like. Liam Knight. I don't quite know how he fits into the future plans. And yeah, I don't know the performances of Matt Burton towards the back end of this season. I geez, I expected more out of Birdo, and I hope that's not been unfair on him. But just for the sort of player he is, he's won a grand final, he's played Origin. I just, I don't know. I expected a lot more out of Birdo for the back end of this season for Canterbury. So yeah, I am nervous about them. For Manly, obviously DC and Cola, they absolutely lit it up. But let's talk about Toa Sipley. My God. What a game. He was an absolute monster. I think it was Blocker that mentioned uh, on the call that he has trimmed up a little bit, lost a bit of weight since last season. And, geez, you can see it in his footy. I thought he had a really, really good game today, Sipley. So, shout out to him. And you could see a difference in the game as soon as he went off. And then when he came back on, had a big line break at one point, broke a heap of tackles. I was very, very impressed with his performance. Ola Kawatu was another one that went great guns as well. Had a big game, so hard to handle. Um, scored a nice try with DC. Just feathered him through, but uh, he runs a good line, and he's he's always just in the right spot. Olakwato, I think it's his his placement and his awareness that has really improved over the last twelve months. Uh, Vega was good on the wing as well. He's becoming a really hard guy to handle. Jesus, he's a he's a weird size sort of footballer. Jason Saab obviously scored tries, lightning quick, having a good uh, back end of the season. Uh, so yeah, look for Manly, pretty good all round. 
Lucky Croker did some good things as well. Scored a try, kicked a 40-20. Very impressive. Uh, Gordon came on and made his debut, which was great to see. Didn't get a stack of minutes, but did some good things in there. Obviously kicked a goal at one point, so that was exciting to see uh, and a good little giggle. Uh, but Manly's season obviously done and dusted, uh, but they definitely are leaving with a bang. 42 points this afternoon. I think they take on the West Tigers at Brookvale next week, so I'm expecting uh, another good performance there from the Manly Seagulls. Uh, let's have a look at the... Newcastle Knights, 32 points to six over the Cronulla Sharks. Wow, didn't the uh, Newcastle Knights show us once again what they are all about? A big, big victory here, 32 points to six. Um, might come at a bit of a cost. Kalen Ponga obviously injured in this one. We're not quite sure how he's going to go. Obviously, Jackson Hastings out at the moment. I'm not sure if you're going to see Jacko until finals. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, geez, I, I said a few weeks ago that if you're a Newcastle Knights fan, obviously Jacko is going to be a big loss, but... Geez, Clune is a guy that I like. I just think he's a handy ball player. I think that more and more in rugby league, we're starting to appreciate just the guys that have got something between their ears and understand the game. And I think Clune is one of them. Um, his kicking game and everything today, I thought it was tremendous. And just getting the ball in the right spots. I thought that one of the, la- the last tries set up, which was to Greg Marsu. Caelan Ponga was down. He just took it upon himself. And I think they should do this more with Marsu, where they just turn him against the grain and just let him go. You're obviously then getting marked up against a ball player on the other side side of the field. In this situation, it was Matt Moylan and he crashed over. Marciu, uh a reasonably quiet game by his standards I thought probably until the second half, but then when it mattered, he really exploded. But Clune, a very handed ball player. I, I can't believe he's going to England. I, I think there are so many clubs that could do so much worse than to have a clune in their sign. KP was fantastic. There was one kick return he did where he bounced off about 12 tackles. Uh, had a great game today, KP, and is really starting to take more control of this side. I don't know how bad this injury is or exactly what's happening. You would have to assume he won't feature next week. So I think you will see KP in uh, finals game week one, which will be a home game in Newcastle, which I believe it's the first time since the Knights have hosted a final at home since I think 2006, I read today, which is just wild. I uh, I thought they would have had one with Wayne Bennett that year. What year would that have been? 2013, was it? Uh, but it, it's, it sounds like they didn't. So 2006, a long time ago. I thought Dylan Lucas is really good. Scored a try at the back end. Obviously played in the back row on the left side. Ended up on the right towards the back end of the game. But he was really solid. Dom Young and Dane Gagai were fantastic, as they always are on that right edge. They just create so many opportunities. And Dane Gagai is so hard to handle. He is just strong as an ox. I would argue he's playing some of his best footy, probably outside of Queensland Maroons footy. I think he's playing some of his best club footy this year. He's been tremendous. Adam Elliott played huge minutes in this game, more minutes than what we've seen previously. I would like to see them leave him at 13 the way that he played today. I think that sometimes they try and be too cute with him with their interchanges and whatnot. I thought he had a really, really good game today, Adam Elliott. He was very impressive. Tyson Gamble. He did some nice things. There was one pass he threw to... Dom Young. Now, he might have got taken out off that try. Maybe I'm getting Dom Young's tries confused, but Gigi threw a cracker of a ball at one point, Tyson Gamble. I said it a few weeks ago, and I stand by it, that if you hadn't if you hadn't watched Tyson Gamble before and known his history and just watched the last six or seven weeks, you would think he is a well-defined 5'8", who's just been working at his craft for years. Not a guy that used to play a bit of fullback, a bit of 13, a bit of hooker, a bit of 5'8", was a bit of a larrikin, did everything a little bit unorthodox. I think his form over the last few weeks for the Knights has been unbelievable. Leo Thompson, very good once again as well. Jeez, he's turned into a good front rower, a very, very handy guy to have in your footy side. Uh, for the Cronulla Sharks... 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Not much to write home about here, to be honest with you. Cam McInnes got through a lot of war- work, as did Britton Nicotter, Wade Graham. I thought Connor Tracy was really dangerous. He was popping up everywhere, uh, creating opportunities, but... Yeah, as a whole, a pretty disappointing performance from the Cronulla Sharks, especially in a game like this where you felt like the Sharkies had sort of turned the corner the last few weeks. They played a night side without Jackson Hastings. Obviously, they lost Nico Hines. Yeah, there's no denying that whatsoever, but they conceded 32 points. I just, I don't know. I just expected a little bit more out of the Sharkies, and maybe that was stupid of me once Nico Hines got ruled out, but I just thought they'd show a bit more grit like they have the last few weeks. So... Uh, yeah, not overly impressive from the Sharkies, especially after I thought they had turned the corner the last few weeks. I really do hope that they're able to get to finals and find that form once again. But, you know, people saying, oh, yeah, this is them against a top-tier team. And you know what? They're like, they beat South Sydney a few weeks ago, and I know South Sydney aren't in the greatest form, so maybe you guys have got an argument that they're still that same team. But, geez, they had me convinced that something had changed there. So I really hope that the Sharkies can find their form again and Craig Fitzgibbon can get this team uh, in better form before finals. They've got one more week. They've got a game next week, I believe, against the Canberra Raiders, who will be missing a couple of troops. Like, that is a game that the Sharkies should absolutely shit into, and there is no excuses for not winning that. It'll be interesting to see if... Um, Nico Hines is back and available for that game. They are playing for a home final, so it's pretty bloody important um, because if they don't win that one, you could find yourself, you know, heading up to Newcastle to play that same game against a night side, probably with KP, probably with Jackson Hastings starting to get troops back. So next week against the Canberra Raiders is a must-win game for the Sharkies. One, to lock in a home final, and two, uh, avoid a trip up the highway or potentially down the highway uh, to the nation's capital, which you do not want to deal with at all. So next week, a big win for the sh- uh, next week, a big week for the Sharkies. Hopefully, Nico Hines is available in that one. All right, guys, that will do us for our rapid review for round twenty-six. Going to head into Bloke in a Bar Studios today. Do our deep dive review into everything round twenty-six. Myself, Kempi. Not sure if Timmy's joining us today, but Matty the Waterboy will be there as well. So plenty more content coming your way on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.